You're listening to Inside Lebo, a podcast giving you an inside look at Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, hosted by Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans and Assistant Public Information Officer and Online Editor Stephanie Hackey. Hello and welcome to Inside Lebo. I'm your host, Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans. And I'm Assistant Public Information Officer and Online Editor Stephanie Hackey. Our guest today is Lieutenant Dan Morris from the Mount Lebanon Fire Department. Yes, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Dan is also um, Municipality's Emergency Management Coordinator. Wear many hats in the fire department. Yes, well, that's that, awesome. That is one of them. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your role. What do you do um, both in the fire department and as an emergency management coordinator? Uh, so in the fire department, we have 18 career staff and uh, mid, middle of the 40s volunteers right now. Um, I'm currently assigned to the fire prevention. Uh, we're predominantly focused on inspections and uh, some other things that go along with that. But one of the ancillary roles is the emergency management coordinator, which is uh, what we're here today to talk about. Um, we also go in you know, responses, obviously, that's an important part of the job. But uh, fill in for uh, firefighter Chris in the school program. Uh, so I get all over the place, whether it's schools, uh, buildings for inspections, and um, riding the fire truck down the street to uh, answer the emergency calls. Nice, nice. So you're obviously, you said, wearing many hats, doing many, many different things, a jack of all trades, if you will. Yeah, we, it's, uh, you know, it's a very specialized, but there's also many different areas to specialize in. So kind of a jack of all trades, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how long have you been Mount Lebanon's emergency management coordinator? Uh, so I've been the Mount Lebanon town emergency management coordinator for a little over two years. Uh, uh, Deputy Chief Butler retired in July of 21, uh, kind of filled in for them, for him on an initial basis, but then there's the, the whole process to get appointed and whatnot. That happens, uh, uh, I think it happened in October officially, but basically since he retired in July of 21. So a little over two years. Cool. So what all does that role entail? Uh, so it does do a lot, a lot of planning, a lot of behind the scenes things that no one you know, really knows or wants to talk about typically, uh, but a lot of planning. So putting things together, getting some information, uh, a lot of the networking and like liaison type things to talk to different agencies and kind of make sure everybody's the, the coordination has, happens whenever you know, the events happen, whether it's a natural event like rain, flooding, thunderstorms, or a non-emergency event like some of the events that we have here in town. So how do you prepare for emergencies then? What is this process that you go through? So there are many different things that we kind of use to our advantage. It's almost like a trick question because, you know, how do you prepare for something that you don't know is going to happen? Right. Uh, so we rely on experience, uh, not, not only our own experience from things that we've seen in the past and different emergencies and different calls and different uh, things that we've seen. <clears throat> but we've also... Uh, other cities, um, other places have similar climates. Uh, we learn from them, some things that happen there. Um, you know, other cities, they, they have different events, they have different emergencies, different things there. Natural disasters happen all over. So we kind of see what they do and there's like uh, best practices and it almost comes back to the networking aspect where you reach out and you talk to those folks. Hey, we had a severe flooding issue, that's what we ran into. Um, I'm from Johnstown, so a lot of people may know Johnstown very specifically for uh, some right. flooding events. Right. Uh, so Just a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, three major ones to be exact. Yes. Uh, you know, and I grew up, my mom worked at the flood museum, so I was kind of surrounded oh, wow. by all that information there for a long period of time. But um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of different resources, different people have been through some of these things. You pull some of the best practices together. What resources did you need? What resources did you use? What do we have? Do we have enough? Who do we need to call to get more? We kind of put all that stuff together. Um, the weather for notification has been uh, increasing steadily, uh, so we're not really surprised by some of the severe events anymore. We right. know a lot, but whether it's 
uh, emails or you know the phone app goes off now for different types of warnings and right. you know telling people to take cover and maybe go inside. Uh, all of that's getting getting better. So we can we kind of you know look for that from a, a perspective and we put it all together uh, and you know make nice some nice plans. You know plans are kind of generic guides and checklists to kind of get you through a you know event that you don't really know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, how severe. Uh, but the non-emergency events, you know, I say non-emergency is, you know, they're not emergencies, but they have potential to have problems, such as some of the large events in town, the, the parades, the 4th of July festival, all, all of those things there. Um, so we kind of work with some of our other partners there, the police, uh, you know, the EMS, MRTSA, uh, and the fire department, we all kind of get together. And then we work with the other departments and, and kind of, you know, hone in what's, what's needed there. But, I mean, in town, some of the ones that we get, you know, with some regularity are flooding. Uh, okay. That's not a surprise. Low-lying areas, a lot of rainfall. Hazardous materials to a lesser degree. We don't have any industry in town, so uh, it's kind of a different you know, animal. Some places have a lot of industry and they have a lot of hazmat. Ours is typically things traveling through um, or accidents in the home. That's kind of one that we run into periodically. Um, you always, you know, terrorism's on the mind, accidents. Uh, we don't have a train in town. A lot of people think rail, rail train. East Palestine was a big, mm-hmm. uh, you know, concern. Um, but, you know, I'm, we don't have one in town, but there is one that we're on that's fairly active that runs through Castle Shannon. So it's something right. that we're, we're always, you know, looking at some of that stuff and kind of ready to, to go. It might not be ours, but just by proximity, we have, you know, some yeah. significant involvement. Right. Yeah. And I guess we're kind of boxed in too, thinking of, you know, there's the, the rail line that runs through Castle Shan, then the one through Scott Township kind of that crosses, I guess it's Vanadium down there. Um, right. That, you know, those are kind of two routes that people from Mount Lebanon take to get to various places that cross either over, under, or around those rail tracks. So um, that could have an impact on yeah. traffic flow in town if something happened at one of those places. Absolutely. Traffic flow when you look at evacuation routes and those kind of things. So we're always kind of looking at that and we have different plans to, you know, okay, we're you know, here's our way out of this side and, and this side. And one of the ones that people don't really think about, but, it, you know, lots of travelers every day is the uh, LRT tunnel. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the LRT tunnel is something that's kind of unique, at, you know, the stretch that goes from here to Dormont. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's underground. So, you know, access is a different issue. Right. But uh, we have plans for it. We train with it. We train, you know, with some of the Port Authority folks and, and walk through and understand what they're, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, the improvements that they're making, too, with right. the smoke evacuation. That's mm-hmm. huge. So a lot of that stuff is, you know, behind the scenes stuff that no one ever thinks about, right. you know, and until it's closed overnight and they can't take the tea. And, you know, but after that, it's a, you know, then it's just it, it works when we have the things in, in line and ready to go. Yeah, so it's kind of your job to worry about the things that people don't think about all the time so that they don't have to worry about them if something bad happens. Yes, like I said, it's behind the scenes, you know, not not real glamorous. It's not, you know, fire truck going down the road, beeping a horn, you know, waving at kids, saving saving everybody. But the uh, uh, it definitely is something that, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it and and the preparation side of it because you you don't have these relationships and you don't have some of these uh, plans established ahead of time, you can really run into trouble. And, were, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, to my knowledge, too, there's kind of different levels of it, too, that like if there's a large scale emergency, there's a county emergency management department that can come in and help manage it. And then there's the state department, the federal department, all that, depending yeah. on the scale of things. Absolutely. So it's a tiered response and, and that we have the local and, that, you know, that's what we do with the fire department. You know, many hats, we do this. Um, if it's something that exceeds our local capabilities or planning, we Typically, it would be something larger that would stretch into multiple jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. And once you hit multiple jurisdictions, you know, we you know, say something happened in Castle Shannon and Mount Lebanon. Uh, we share a pretty good-sized border with trains, so there's 
proximity is there, that would kind of escalate to the county. They would send some people to help. They don't take over. They just come in and help, and they assist you know us with the process and anything that we might need, some resources, and you know, and that's where you see like the larger ones that involve the state, um, and and then you know, like the the one there in the Ohio and Pennsylvania border. Yeah, you had federal resources involved right. as well. Yeah, great. Well. We're going to take a short break so everyone here can have a quick drink of water, and we will be right back with more uh, from Lieutenant Dan Morris on the municipality's emergency management procedures. All right, this is just a friendly reminder that on October 4th, 2023, approximately 2.20 p.m., FEMA will be testing the emergency alert system. Now, what does that mean for you? It means that your TV, your radio, and your cell phone will all get the alert displaying the test message. It should last approximately one minute on October 4th, 2023 at 2.20 p.m. The message will tell you it's a test and there's no action items to be taken. Welcome back to Inside Lebo. I'm your host, Assistant Municipal Manager Ian McMeans. We're here with Dan Morris from the Mount Lebanon Fire Department talking about emergency management. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Not a problem, my pleasure. We were talking about all different types of emergencies that you can see you might be seeing at Mount Lebanon and how you prepare for them. Um, so let's talk about, first of all, you're talking about the non-emergency events. Talk about those. How do you prepare for those and what might happen there? Uh, so I call them non-emergency. Planned events is probably a better term because they're planned events that could have emergencies. Uh, but so in, in town here, we, we have a couple different ones that we do. Uh, you know, every year you have the Memorial Day Parade. It kind of spans multiple jurisdictions, but right. between Mount Lebanon, Dormont, and the city of Pittsburgh. Um, but you know, Fourth of July the, uh, down at Main Park, uh, that that's a big one there, and that's you know that's kind of there's we look at partners. We talk about partners. Partners for that is different from partners for the the pumpkin patch parade, or maybe a natural disaster. We have right. different partners we work with there. In that case, there, um, you know, I credit to uh, David Dunn Allen with the rec department. Right. He he puts together a lot of stuff. He has you know the plan that he uses. And he, who does what, who, who's doing what, what do I need? And so he kind of takes the lead on that one, putting the information, but we kind of put it all together and we develop a uh, emergency operation plan. And that, and that plan there is just to kind of go through, get everybody on the same page, get phone numbers, contact, who is responsible for this event? Right. Who is responsible for this? What if this happens? And kind of get all that together and get it out to the, uh, you know, the emergency responders and some of the department heads and uh, staff that are working that event. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there's even like, to my knowledge, like contingency plans that if it's really hot, need to need to have like cooling stations or water for people having, you know, if there's heat stroke related things, or if it, you know, get a pop up thunderstorm. What do we do if it starts raining and lightning, and how do you handle that? Right, absolutely. So trying to get people to leave very quickly is always a problem, mm-hmm. right? I'm having right. fun. I don't want to leave, you know. But there's thunderstorms coming, so we have kind of plans for that. It's a watch. It's a warning. It's it's imminent. It's here. It's you know, we kind of develop that, you know, hey, you got to leave, we're closing, we're done. Uh, and then the other side of it is, you know, when you look at some of the, uh, you know, the more challenging areas, like the, we live in western Pennsylvania, uh, you know, it's what's today, 90 degrees outside. Right. You know, we, we never know what the weather's going to be like. You know, yep. you talk July 4th, it could rain, it could be cold, it could be super hot, we could have storms. It's very right. challenging to predict the weather. So we kind of have some plans for all that. Uh, you know, if the weather's over this, you know, we're probably going to have, you know, maybe uh, uh, a cool, cooling down area or something to shade with the misting fans, those sort of things to sort of, you know, try to prevent people from, you know, give them a break or reprieve from the heat. Um, and then working with our partners, you know, Mertza, you know, specifically in some of those ones there, once the weather gets a little bit hotter and more humid and we have, 
you know, people are more prone to having those those medical emergencies, they might staff another unit or two. There. It's, it's additional right. staff just to kind of, hey, help prevent, help recognize. But if somebody does have an issue, they have enough staff there to handle it. So a lot goes into it working, you know, the, working different areas with, you know, the responses, the police response to it. Is right. it an area, you know, do we have one or two officers? Do we have more? Uh, certain things, you know. We, How do you determine all of that? Uh, we just kind of look. They do hazard assessments. They do threat assessments. Um, you know, a lot of a lot goes into it to try to yeah. plan out. You know, is this relatively? Is it a lot of meetings? A lot of meetings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In emails. I mean, we. Yeah. How many emails went out for Uptown Unveil? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of emails, a lot of meetings, and 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 at the end of the day, it's you know what? How many people were we expecting plays right. in a part? Is it a hundred people? Or is it fifteen hundred? Is it five thousand? There's different thresholds with the state that requires you know different types of planning and med- medical plan specifically, um, you know, as you hit the different thresholds, the difference between, you know, like a, a stadium and a Friday night football game, you right. know, or, you know, do we need, you know, have multiple EMS units and, and first right. aid stations and, you know, those kind of things. So if there's a community group out there that's planning an event, um, you know, I'll just pick a couple random ones off the top of my head, like a, you know, like Relay for Life does their whole thing at the, the stadium with the Relay event. If, if someone's planning some type of community event, um, should they get in touch with you to kind of help them develop an emergency preparedness plan for their community event? Yeah, they can get in touch. Uh, oftentimes, it's, it, the number dictates it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're having 50 people in the park at a pavilion, that's, I mean, that's like a birthday party. You don't really need to go out on that limb there. Right. Uh, but if you're going to have a large quantity uh, typically, when you start shutting streets down and you run into some things like that, that's where we start looking at. Okay, here's here's going to be a little bit more of a problem. We got people outside; they're congregated in areas that typically don't have people, you know, hanging out at. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's an element there. If they want to put a plan together, we can help them do that. Uh, I think the most important thing is going through like the, the municipal planning process and right. filling mm-hmm. up, checking the boxes of what they're having, how many people, um, and those sort of things. And that way, we can everybody can get involved and kind of put their two cents in to develop that plan. Yeah. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want our residents to have fun at community events and Absolutely. not have to worry about, right. like... This is know, why it happens behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. so no one has to worry about it, and it goes off, and everybody's okay. Yep. Absolutely. You worry just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> so, also, we were talking about um, natural events, you know, things like the weather, all of that. How do you prepare for snowmageddon or something along those lines that you don't know is coming, and then all of a sudden, here we are with 20 inches of snow? So the, the challenge uh, with some of that is, uh, and it's interesting, you know, hearing the stories from here. I didn't live here at the time. I lived somewhere else that, that's sort of business as usual, you know. <laughs> so we had, like, delays and stuff opened later in the day, but the day went on. And I hear stories here, and, you know, I'm like, well, that's, that's drastically different. When you look at, you know, preparation and how you're dealing right. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things with that is it's very hard to plan for. You know, again, right. Western Pennsylvania, we hist- historically get large snowfalls we get lots of rain we get thunderstorms we know that um, so we kind of put together a hazard vulnerability assessment uh, and, and we personally work with the county on that um, they kind of put one together like a hazard mitigation plan so here's what we expect what we expect to happen here's some of the things that you know the priority like how frequently will that happen how severe yeah. will that happen we look at that we put it together and that that helps us shape some of the stuff that we have in the plans um, you know, so like hurricanes, while we don't get hurricanes and the storm surges in, you know, the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we get the remnants of it. So we get right. significant rainfall. Uh, so, right. you know, we don't, might not have a hurricane plan, but the rainfall from the hurricanes under the cover of the flooding plan. 
Um, so it's very, I don't want to say challenging, but we have a lot, there's a lot of guesswork involved and a lot of educated right. guesses based on, you know, history and, you know, 100, 100 year storms. And, you know, you look at all that stuff puts together and kind of come up with what we're, what are we most concerned with in our area? So you use the past from this area, you use what is happening in other areas that are similar to ours, you use data. I mean, is there anything else that you're, you're pulling together for these plans? A lot. I mean, that's mostly what it comes down yeah. to is you're looking at data from, you know, what, what has happened right. for the natural. Right. I mean, you know, would it be, you know, I, can we get snow in July? I mean, at this point, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to jinx it and say no. But, we're going to knock know, on wood for that we, one. We, you know, history tells us, no, we're not going to get a snowstorm right. in July. So okay. we, we kind of use a lot of that stuff, put it together. Um, I mean, and, and there's there's certain elements that it has to cover. Uh, Pennsylvania Title 35, it breaks it down. There's three parts. You have the basic plan. That's the, the public plan. Mm -hmm. uh, there's functional checklists to help us, you know, sort of navigate some of those different, you know, hey, this is what we think is going to happen. You know, how, what do we do if it does? Some functional checklists to get through that. And then we also have uh, the notification and resource manual, or NARM, if you will. Uh, what do we? What capabilities do we have in town here? And the nice thing about that is because you can reach out to some of your your, your partners, your right. neighboring municipalities, you know. And if we need this, you know, to help dig out from Snowmageddon, you know, who right. ha who has that? Right. You know, you can go and just kind of source some of that stuff. And yeah. um, the biggest thing when it comes down to it is uh, um, the tracking, COVID. Uh, we tracked mm -hmm. expenses. We tracked this. We tracked right. certain things. Um, Snowmageddon, you know, and the reimbursement process that goes along with that. Um, that's a that's an important part you know it's unexpected cost for municipality it's unexpected cost right. you know and they try to recoup some of the dollars at the end yeah. of the day you know as, as a taxpayer I mean I'm grateful for that uh, so so there's a lot of things that we, we try to do to help you know not only mitigate the problem but mitigate the financial costs as well so you mentioned um, the resources that we have in town. Um, what kind of training or simulations do fire and police and public safety entities all go through to kind of prepare for some of these things? So go, we'll look at the training first because there's yeah. sort of honestly two different things, but there's training in the sense of like hands-on training. And, and I mean, what do you do for flooding? There's not a lot of training that goes for there, you know, right. water removal. Um, but the, the training, there's a lot of NIMS training, National Incident Management System training. Um, you know, certain ones, I think it was a G402 you did recently Yeah, yeah. for elected and, gov and government officials. Uh, that So there's different trainings and there's different pathways and all of them kind of tie into you know, the, the, the PIO right, roles. Right, right. Uh, and so as we go through some of that, you know, it, it you kind of build and, and kind of understand what your, your role is inside of the, uh, you know, the emergency you know we yeah. open up our EOC in bigger events and everybody kind of has certain roles that they fill in but you need training to understand and EOC for our uh, EOC yeah yeah sorry acronyms all over the place <laughs> yeah. here um, emergency operations center it's sort of it's designed to support the incident the, right. you know if right. you have an incident happening and the EOC you know runs in the background and, and you have people in there making decisions and trying to just you know there's very everybody has a certain role to play so it's that uh, command center basically yeah sort of yeah it's a you know the operations center where everybody you know all the information Information comes there and you're supporting the incident and trying right. to make make the incident happen smoothly and any re needs that they may have you know you're out in the middle of the you know the street with something right. uh, the EOC kind of helps support that and that's only I mean for very large events that would right. get stood up fully right. with all the people in there uh, but <clears throat> so when you talk about the simulations and, and, and you know the mock situations right. and the trainings and drills so there's a whole uh, I don't say uh, there's a whole 
list of different things. You kind of start with, you know, a seminar, you learn about something, and then at the end you have a full-scale exercise, and there's every step in the way. Um, the full-scale exercise is designed to test the entire plan and the, oper and the emergency responders operations of the plan, um, what worked, what didn't work, the after-action, the, the, you know, the critical you know, analysis of things afterwards is, is very vital to trying to make it better and, hey, that didn't work, we should change that or find a better way to do it. Uh, so as we go through some of that, we, we, we have a lot of different things every every couple of years. And we do a lot with our partners. Uh, St. Clair Hospital is a huge partner. They support us with that, allowing us to, uh, you know, hey, actually transport people there with, right. you know, mock injuries. Um, the high school, the, the school district, they, they've been very helpful with, you know, use of facilities. And they had their, some of their drama club folks the last time, last time we were at the high school, uh, you know, participated in, you know, and they were great at, the, you know, very very animated patients <laughs> with <laughs> with mock injuries so that, that was actually it was very helpful but, you know yeah. you're in a situation and you know trying to make it as real as possible Absolutely. um so we work with some of those different folks in town you know anybody that you know it's buildings or sometimes you know the building owners those relationships where they'll let right. us use their building for something like this uh and, and just you know it's great because it's response it's, you know a real life scenario it's not right. people sitting around a table you know trying to pretend what if this happened? Why well, would do this? Right. You know, and right. then in real life, well, oh, I can't do that. Right. Um, right. So it, it's very, it's very helpful, and you, and you learn a lot of lessons there. And that's you know, afterwards having those discussions with the, uh, uh, the, the folks from the school. You know, you learn a lot. They they learned a lot, and they oh, okay, well, we can't do that. That's right. a good point. Right. What if we can't be here for a few days? Right. You know? Um, business has to happen. And so that's when you're gonna, physically there doing it, it's totally different than on paper or reading in a book. Absolutely, absolutely. Because everybody says, well, I would do this, I would do that. You right. know, um, you know. So hey, where's your printer to print the checks? You know, because right. teachers, you know, staff right. are still going to want to be paid. So we yep. have to have that. Um, so we learn a lot of the different things there. How do we handle these situations? Uh, uh, I mean, that's the thing about continuity of operations, a coop plan, if you will. Um, we sort of found that out firsthand with COVID, you know, when everybody sort of said, hey, okay, we're no longer at work, but you got to do it at home. So, right. you know, that, that continuity happened. Uh, yep. I mean, you know, business business came and went. You know, and our job in the fire service, it's a little bit different because we physically have to be there. But, right. um, I mean, a lot of the other municipality employees were working remote. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there were a lot of Teams meetings. There was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of Teams meetings. Yeah. So the uh, library did a great job figuring out how to be able to continue to deliver services yeah, to people programs. even right. while not, you and, know, being And when you look at that, you know, the, the, the continuity part of it, right? Business right. has to happen. How do we make that happen? So right. um, whether it was put on paper prior to, um, you know, or people shooting from the hip at the time of, it was right. a great opportunity to see how that hey, if we had this all documented together, what we need, what everybody needs at their own house, and that would have been a, a great opportunity to, uh, really, it was a real life, you know, mm -hmm. continuity of operations plan test. Right, absolutely. What types of emergencies have you seen in Mount Lebanon where your plans have been utilized? Uh, fortunately, we don't have um, too many where the plan is utilized, you know, as design. It's kind of like right. a worst case scenario. Right. But we do get some flooding, and we have some flooding events in, in, in town that we, you know, we utilize pieces of them right. uh, uh, but you know so as time goes on and and we learn from previous things uh, uh, SARS remember SARS yeah. yes. so, oh, wow. so that was one that, that's one that uh, that kind of developed the need for hey we need some type of pandemic planning mm -hmm. right. uh, and then right. I, like and I don't know which came first I apologize here but the swine flu and the avian bird flu yep. mm -hmm. those were two things that kind of you know so we start yeah. working more on some of the pandemic stuff how would we 
go and uh, distribute the medication if needed. So we, you know, the, the point of distribution um, drills and things like that. So we kind of developed a lot of that, uh, but it also, the pandemic aspect, you know, got us thinking about, you know, oh, staffing and, and shortages right. and staffing and what, what's our contingency there. Um, and then 2020, COVID mm-hmm. happened. So yeah. as COVID happened, you know, we, you know, knock on wood, the fire department kind of weathered the storm very well from a uh, people getting sick perspective. Right. Uh, right. So that was very fortunate. Um, but we had a plan in place. We had a plan in place for the staffing levels. We had a plan in place. We put together the track, the purchase tracking mm-hmm. mechanism fairly, fairly directly. Um, and, uh, and that was you know, crucial to being able to recoup a little bit of the cost. Uh, so, you know, I'm saying knock on wood, but I mean, we have other stuff in there yeah. too. Like you can have structural collapses. Right. Uh, I mean, you look at, you know, an older, older infrastructure. It, right. It's very, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, there's, there's some times that th- those things sort of happen. Uh, I mean, it's an earthquake. So I don't know, right. it was 2011, I think. Yeah. Uh, that was a very confusing time because the first time I ever experienced an earthquake. Uh, you know, that was the, weird. The monitors were shaking. Yeah. Like, what, is, what is happening? Yeah. But so you think it's there. It's very low frequency. Right. But it, it could right. happen. You know, and fortunately it was relatively minor and there wasn't right. a lot of structural damage. But that's one that you look at and say, oh, hey, what do we do for this? What do we do for that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of it dives in a little bit to some of the other things. But we, we don't have too much, you know, of a, of a, you know, we've been very fortunate, at least in my time here. Let's know, knock I, on wood right yeah. now right. so we can all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> But in terms of, so these plans, once you've gone through a, a scenario or once you've gone through like COVID, do you change the plan then based on what you saw and what you did? Absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that after action part, the AAR, the, the hot wash, whatever term you want to use, that's, that's the review of the performance against the plan. Did the plan work? What aspects of the plan do we need to modify? Right. Uh, what aspects of the plan do we need to, you know, get rid of, increase, improve upon, whatever. So we're, it's, it's an ongoing, ongoing process. And as we go through some of that, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's brief enough where it kind of, you know, doesn't pinpoint or lock you into maybe a position you don't want to okay. be in. Uh, but some of the, like the functional checklists are great ways for, okay, hey, this happened. So this is what I need to do. This is where we need to go. And, and then that's a very, it's a very helpful um, document. Just kind of help push you in the right direction that, right. you know, handle or mitigate whatever the problem may be. Right, absolutely. So you're worrying so our residents don't have to, is basically what I'm hearing here. We do a lot of work here to make sure that, you know, when, when, if something bad would happen, we have a, a, you know, a good grasp on how to handle it. And, and that's, you know, like I said, we work with, you know, the the fire and police department work really close together in some of this and and MERCH too. They're not a, maybe a municipal entity, but they work with us on developing some of this and the special event plans, especially because a lot of that stuff, you know, the fire department doesn't have a big role in that. We're just kind of the coordinator and we, we help put things together and, uh, you know, I guess police are more involved in some of those, you know, the, the, I don't want to say silly things, but some of the more petty petty uh you know things that happen um and then merch obviously the medical side of it you know right. and, and like the summertime uptime unveiled was a very hot day right you know right. so we we have some of those things that so go when you're talking about it. partners those are your partners absolutely and then we partner with other folks the county um the yeah. county uh, uh allegheny county emergency services right. uh they they have their ema staff is uh, absolutely great with the uh um, you know, any questions and helping to assist with some of this, uh, a lot of resources there from a, you know, a planning perspective. Um, you know, we, we look at just other partners too. Um, the news, uh, you know, getting, getting right. things out there. Right. 
Now, in terms of if residents, if there's a time when they need to know something, how do they go about getting signed up for LIBO emergency so they can be notified? All right. So the LIBO emergency is kind of a, you know, it's a newer thing that we have. It's a way for us to, to quickly push information out to the residents. Um, now, we do have kind of a generic list of Verizon phone numbers um, right. that, that we're able to send things out. So, if, you know, hey, I never signed up for that, but I got this phone call telling me about something uh, happening. And, and we kind of limit it to things that are like only, only very critical Right. This is not a Lebo know. alert where you're, right. the pool is closed for the afternoon. This right. is an absolute emergency. Right. Stay in your house. This, yeah. Right. These are very, yes. very, I mean, we don't use it frequently. I think right. last year might have been one time. Right. Um, but the they're very, you know, high, high, you know, highly important events that right. have, you know, right. very critical information that you need to do or not do very quickly. Uh, so I think the one time I remember there was a, a vehicle carrying hazardous materials that got into a crash in town on one of the roadways and like people were told like don't travel this roadway right. because right. there was a right. potential right. chemical hazard or something. Yeah, and, and and there's I mean there's all there's all sorts of different reasons why we could do it, but you know, right. police incidents, right? Hey, this is happening now, you know, and we need to tell those residents that if you live there, stay in your house, don't come right. out. Or, you know, you need to leave. Whatever the case is, but this, this is what Lebo emergencies for. It's not Lebo alert saying, hey, the street's closed. You have to find a new way to go to work today. Or right. like you right. said, the pool's closed. Right. You know, it's Those vital are information. Lebo alerts, it's not vital Lebo information. <laughs> but that, that comes through Lebo alerts and it's designed, you know, to uh, more of an informational right. uh, campaign right. where Lebo emergency is it's the information right now. So in addition to having the numbers that we have that, you know, the generic ones that are like in the phone book kind of number, um, there's, you know, a lot of folks are doing away with that sort of number. So if you would like to sign up for it, you can sign up for yourself, your family, um, and it's kind of based on where your address is in town. Uh, the sign up is on the website. It's, you know, one or two times a year is we probably average right. lately. Right. Um, and if it's something happens, you know, on one side of town, it doesn't affect you on the other side. We try to limit it to that. So we're not bothering. But this is a list you want to be on. It's a list of, right. This is a list that, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm on. And, and it's something that, you know, when those some, something happens, we need to know, you know, what what do I need to do to keep myself or my family right. safe? So right. that's something that's on there. It's on the website. It's called Lebo Emergency. Uh, it's powered by Code Red. Um, there's, there's graphics for it, but it's on the About page under the Alerts tab. And that's MountLebanon.org. MountLebanon.org, yes. yes. Yep. The About page and then on the Alerts tab, and it's Lebo Emergency. It, it kind of explains it there. And there's uh, a nice, helpful PDF of step-by-step -step instructions, and it takes you right to the, the link. While you're do there, you check out to, the new website. Oh, yes, that yeah. too. Um, do you have to live in Mount Lebanon to sign up for LIBO emergency? Or if you have, like, a, say, um, you know, older family member that lives in the community and you live out of town, can you sign up to kind of keep tabs on what's going on in, in their neighborhood? Uh, so I would sign up, right, if, my say, my mom lived here in town. Right. I, I would sign up with her address. And, you right. Know, I would probably include her so she knows what's happening yes. if she wasn't already. Right. But then I would want to know what's happening as well. Um, and, and some folks live in town or do, do not live in town, but they work in town. You, right. If you sign mm -hmm. up with your work address, that's you know very important. Right. Now, at two in the morning, you may get something if it's happening near your work and you're not there, but at the same time, that would be something that could be helpful for you on your way into work. Right, absolutely. Hey, I can't go that way, or that street is closed, or I want to avoid that area. You know, hey boss, and yeah. this is going on. I'm going to be a little bit delayed today. Right. Uh, so there's there's different ways that you can kind of you know help cater it to what your specific need may be, whether right. it's business or a loved one who lives in town. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. Great. Well, thank you very much for all your time today. We appreciate you being on the show. And uh, that's all for this episode of Inside Lebo. Uh, tune in next time for more. Yeah, this episode was produced by Carrie Monyo with music by Drew Monyo and graphics by Chris Leeper. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to Inside Lebo, produced by Mount Lebanon's Public Information Office. Learn more about all things Lebo at mountlebanon.org or by following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. 